Yo, 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 what's up guys, good morning Welcome to another episode of Alan Q Chronicles My name is Alan Q and this is my podcast I'm actually driving today, so um, we're going to do this episode while I'm driving I got uh, quite a ways to go somewhere, so uh, I figured why not knock an episode out I don't always do this for several reasons Um not because it's unsafe. I got you guys on Bluetooth. It's kind of easy. But because it I you know, you can't hear me well sometimes. You can hear my car and stuff like that. So hopefully it goes good and you know, you guys can judge it at the end of the the episode. Let me know um in my DMs on Alan Q Chronicles on Instagram and let me know how it sounded. But yeah, um you know, it's a uh, my day off um, I'm just kind of self-reflecting on a lot of things there's a lot of things I got to get done <clears throat> so um, I just wanted to kind of chop it up you know just um, let you guys know where I'm from and a little bit about me as far as how I was brought up I've done episodes on a lot of different things but recently um, someone messaged me on IG telling me, hey, man, tell us a little bit about, like, about you, like, where you're from, and I was like, okay, I thought I, I thought I kind of did that, but, um, I thought about it, and no, I, I haven't, so I'm gonna label this episode Norwalk, and the reason I'm gonna label it Norwalk is because that's where I mostly grew up, uh, I moved around a lot as a kid, you know, when I got to the high school stage, so, um, uh, but most of the time, I, I grew up in Norwalk. So um, I was raised by a single mother. And, um, you know, my dad was out of the picture. So uh, my mom, she was always at work. I have one younger brother, and we we just kind of practically raised ourselves, you know. I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to make it seem like my mom didn't raise us. My mom disciplined us, and she was a, a, a good mother... But my mom also struggled with a lot of mental health issues. And, um, you know, my mom was severely bipolar and kind of borderline schizophrenic. And I don't really talk about that with anyone because it's kind of hard to talk about. So, um, you know, if you listen to this, yeah, don't ask me about that. But, um, you know, sometimes I'll bring it up because... It's necessary just to kind of let people know that I understand. You know, a lot of people have family members that are like that, and I get it. I have good friends that are like that. And it's not easy having someone that you love have um, manic episodes in front of you. So um, through all of that, my mom still managed to raise me and my brother, and she did a good job. A lot of my friends' parents always say that, you know, I'll go visit a few friends and their parents will be in the house and, and they'll just look at me in awe. They'll be like, man, I, I can't believe you turned out okay. Just because of the environment I was surrounded by and the way I grew up. I grew up in a trailer park in Norwalk and it was pretty much gang infested. Gang infested, um, a lot of crime. Um, you know, back then, you know, me and my brother... We used to kind of play at all hours of the night, you know, 12, 13-year-olds. Like, 
even 10 year old we would be out in the street because my mom would work late and uh, it wasn't the safest thing to do we would be those 10 year old kids in the at midnight in the street you know so um, you know my mom was criticized by a lot of mothers and people around the area and that's why well a lot of reasons why when I see some of my friends parents they're just like I said, in awe that I turned out semi-okay, you know. I turned out alright. I'm not dead or in prison. So, um, I'm very grateful for my upbringing, believe it or not. I had one of the best childhoods I could ever ask for. Um, my mom was always at work, but me and my brother really learned a lot about just kind of manning up at a young age. Um, I mentioned this in one episode, you know, um... We only had one bedroom in the mobile home park or in the mobile home we had and my mom had to rent it out to like a drug addict couple because she couldn't afford the rent so we used to sleep in the living room slash kitchen floor me my brother and my mom for many years so I grew up you know in poverty and when you're a kid you don't really realize it too much you know and uh, that drug addict couple was like addicted to heroin and they would shoot up in front of me and I would come home from school and just kind of mind my own business try to do my homework you know believe it or not people that know me from childhood can tell you that I was a quiet kid I only started becoming outspoken when I got into high school you know, and that all started by me kind of just standing up for other people. But um, I was always quiet through elementary, through middle school. I was never really a loud person. I was just quiet, kept to myself. And, um, you know, it could be for a lot of reasons. It can be because of trauma. It can be because of things I've seen. You know, my babysitter was murdered, shot up. You know, um, on the day she was supposed to babysit me. So, there's just a lot of stuff that I saw as a kid that you're not supposed to see as a kid. So, as I got older, um, of course, I got a girlfriend that was a big part of my life. So, I was one of those guys that had a high school sweetheart all four years. And um, it was a good experience for me, you know. It was good. And as you get older, you kind of cherish those memories a lot more. So, after high school, and throughout high school, I moved around a lot. Went to a lot of different high schools. I went to um, Norwalk, of course. Um, then we moved to um, Irvine. So, I went to Northwood High and Irvine Timberwolves. Um, it's one of the top 20 schools in California. Maybe even in the nation. <clears throat> Um, came back to Norwalk so it was a big big culture shock you know um, if you went to Norwalk there was a lot of blacks versus Mexican riots and it was just crazy um, after that I got kicked out and I went to Downey High so I ended up graduating at Downey High and Downey was different you know Downey was bougie but it wasn't because there was a lot of bad kids that were using um, someone else's address just to go to that school. Just because they didn't want to go to Linwood or Southgate or just, 
you know, kind of lower, uh, lower schools as far as academically. So a lot of people had a lot of fake addresses, and some of the students weren't really the best students as far as, uh, you know, people. I remember in Downey, I saw a few people carry guns in their backpack. So, um, yeah, it was kind of hood. You know, they did have a lot better food than Norwalk, hands down, a lot bigger. And, uh, yeah, Downey was, Downey was cool. Downey was cool. Uh, it was very different, though, I'll tell you that. You know, very different from Norwalk. After that, I got into real estate after graduating. Um, did a couple deals, and it was a it was, it was a great experience, you know. Um, I worked with a good friend of mine named Ben, and Ben was like maybe I think eight years older than me, perhaps. So he would kind of mentor me on different things, and uh, we became very close at that time. And it was one of the best experiences I ever had in real estate. The only thing is, if you know real estate, it's uh, it's a hit or miss. You know, you can't really, unless you have a family or a, like a group of mentors that are going to guide you all the way every day. If if you're on your own, which I was, it's not easy. You know, uh, you don't always get paid. So I did real estate for a while, and at that time I was an EMT also. So I became an EMT. I've always had asthma as a kid. I've always had breathing problems as a kid. I've always was in the hospital throughout elementary school. Uh, I always just had asthma attacks all the time. I've never had good lungs. So when I was an EMT, I would see a lot of respiratory therapists and when I was in the hospital. And that's how I got the idea to become a RT, what I am now. So I was a real estate agent, EMT, um, I, I first became a monitor tech before going to school for respiratory therapy. And a cardiac monitor tech is someone that is looking at heart rhythms all day and looking for any abnormalities. And they let the nurse know if someone has a cardiac arrest or a, a pause or any kind of potential danger. And uh, that was pretty cool, but I always knew that I could do more than that. So I decided to go to school for respiratory therapy, and I did, you know, it was one of the best decisions of my life. Um, graduated college and started working for a hospital, night shift, and that's one, I think that's one of the few things I regret in life. I probably regret maybe three things in life, and I can name them at the top of my head. You know, and one of them is working graveyard. I wish I never, ever would have worked graveyard because I would work from 6 p.m. all the way to 7 a.m. So I would leave my house at 5 p.m. to go to work. And um, it was a terrible time in my life because on days off, I would sleep all day and I'd be wide awake at night. So I was more in inclined or in you know, uh, more influence to drink with friends. So, you know, I became kind of an alcoholic, sort of. I was just, every day off was about drinking. So, it was very, very unhealthy for me. I didn't get proper sleep. I worked, I was up all night at the hospital, and I would only sleep three or four hours. 
then on my days off I would just go out drinking with friends so it was very toxic I did that for almost six years you know and that's why I say that's one of the things I regret I often wish I never would have done that I wish I would have just stayed per diem and just work a day shift and not work nights it was very um very very hard on my on my body I gained a lot a lot of weight maybe 50 pounds throughout those six years maybe 60 yeah I gained a lot of weight through that time and it was terrible so uh, you know I started getting more into mental health I think also around that time actually um, you know I got introduced to the crisis um, textline.org and it's uh, it's uh, sorry I'm, I'm driving guys but it's a foundation where um, you know they support suicide prevention people in crisis mental health and um, I became a volunteer crisis counselor and that was a great experience it deepened my compassion um, I just wanted to make a difference you know I've, I've had dark days in my life where I wish I had someone and just thinking back on those days I would just be like man I wonder who's still in that dark place now and I've always wanted just to to be there for somebody so um, I did that for a while and it was a great experience so I'm very uh, passionate about mental health uh, creative writing poetry uh, social justice of course um, you know I think a lot a lot of manipulation has happened in our country with uh, Trump supporters and right-wing like alt-right groups and I think the most disgusting thing about it is that they use Jesus Christ they use his name to condone all of it and that's how they get people you know but I think if you're a true believer in Christ and you have good discernment it's not hard to see that that's not what Jesus would do you know so uh, I'm, a, I'm a believer in Christ and I have strong conviction um, that being a Trump supporter is just not it you know it's just not not Christ like so um, you know throughout my life you know I, I kind of my faith kind of wasn't there because of so many so many problems I went through on my own you know I used to drive myself to surgeries I used to um, you know had a lot of health problems and um, I don't have no family in Southern California my friends are my family so to me you know it, it's kind of normal just to kind of go through everything by myself so um, I'm very outspoken because I've learned in life that if you don't speak up for yourself you can't complain afterwards you know and um, one of my favorite quotes is if you can't do the little things right don't expect to be able to do the big things right so when it comes to speaking up to apologizing to just um, trying to work things out I'm always up for that you know but as time goes by you know I don't I don't force things you know if someone shows me their character and um, it doesn't sit right with me then of course I'm gonna try to distance myself from that person so uh, that's just the person I am 
you know, all in a nutshell. I love R&B, 90s R&B, uh, reggaeton. So, um, yeah, you know, throughout the pandemic, I, um, I started this podcast, you know, just because we were all locked inside. This is proof that I'm driving. So we got, I'm driving, actually, I'm in Norwalk. So talking about Norwalk. So, uh, yeah, I'm in Norwalk. Um, Norwalk really holds a special place in my heart, but also not so special. Just because I've had a lot of good friends that were murdered in this city. A lot of people that overdosed on drugs. And I always wonder and I always ask God, why me? You know, why? Why? Why did I turn out okay? And my friends just didn't. And these are people that I used to hang out with every day. You know, um, rest in peace to my friend George Castillo. He was like a brother to me. We were friends since first grade. And he was murdered in this city in the one ways. I think about him daily. He has a son named Eli. And I kind of do my best to, to stop by and visit and, and give his son any present or take him out. But um, it's crazy to me how, you know... You can come from the same environment, but turn out very differently. So every day, I'm just trying to be a better version of myself. Um, you know, it's not it's not easy, of course, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't try. I'm very grateful for where I'm at. You know, um, I help my mother as much as I can. Growing up in Norwalk. Um, I don't know what could I tell you guys about Norwalk you know it wasn't the best city growing up but that's where I first fell in love that's where I had friends that turned into family till this day my friendships that I made in Norwalk and I'm talking about friendships I made when I was like eight or ten we're still friends even five years old so some of my best friends to this day are people that I was friends with when I was like in fifth grade and fourth grade till this day. So I still talk to my original friends from elementary school. Like our bond is really tight. So a lot of people wonder or some of my other friends wonder, like, how do you go through these kind of things? You know, you know, surgeries and depression and just a lot of dark, dark times, you know, health problems. Um, endoscopies recently they diagnosed me with a precancerous lesion just a lot to deal with you know the last thing I need is is petty kind of stress at work or, or toxic people at work trying to add to it that's the last thing I need you know so I won't be tolerating um, toxic people at work and I always make that clear as soon as I step in that building and that hospital and unfortunately, we're always going to have those people, you know. But um, the way I've gone through dark times in my life is, number one, God, I believe in prayer. And number two, my friends. I can honestly say those are the two things that have helped me, you know, make it through. 
So to anyone listening that's in a dark place, you know, prayer is powerful, very powerful, especially if you believe and you have to, you just have to believe. I really don't see things getting better for anyone if they don't believe or have an ounce of hope that it can get better. So that's how I live my life, you know believing that there's always a better way and believing that it's possible and most importantly believing in myself you know so yeah all of my friends from Norwalk I am still friends with that is crazy that is crazy you know, if you listen to this episode, DM me on my Instagram and let me know what city you're from and just a little bit about you if you want. I'm always interested in learning people's background and how they grew up, you know. A lot of people always get shocked when I tell people how I grew up. They're just like, what? We all have a story. We all have dark days. And uh, I always like to learn I always like to hear and listen. So um, don't be don't be shy and message me. Let me know what's up. Let me know um, if you enjoy this podcast or not. I won't get hurt. It's okay. I made this to resonate with people out there that just feel hopeless. You know, so many people out there that feel alone and I'm a firm believer that when someone feels alone they just kind of feel like giving up you know the more alone you are you feel like giving up and that's just what I believe you know based on my experience so I always try to surround myself with with strong people with good people you know if this podcast helps anybody out then I did my job I did what I was set out to do You know, there's always negative people out there. There's always haters out there that have something negative to say. And it trips me out. How how are you going to speak down on on a podcast that is just trying to help people who are giving up on themselves? You know, it, it just really, really trips me out that these people exist. You know, it's like making fun of people that are trying to help you. Kind of during the, the pandemic, you know. People who were unvaccinated willingly and 100% against it. You know, you you, you speak so badly about us and then come for us for help. That was a mindfuck, to be honest. Like, I saw so many people die. The majority of them unvaccinated. And I placed them on life support and they died in front of me. And that was a hard time. That was a very hard time. You know, I saw my friend's father die that I would always try to beg to please get vaccinated and he just wouldn't wouldn't budge. And he passed away in front of me. Till this day, I still have dreams about him. So believe me when I say it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy helping people or trying to help people. And people not wanting the help. You know. 
it reminds me of a few people in my life so you know growing up in Norwalk um, I would play in the one ways football with my friend Hector his grandma live on Lomont and I remember during that time you know some skaters were shot in a drive-by while they were skating away Could you imagine skating away from gangsters and they're like following you in a car and shooting you down? Sometimes I wonder how I made it out of Norwalk, to be honest. I'm grateful I did. It has, it has shaped me, you know. I lived in Irvine, I lived in Norwalk. Two very different places. And, but it shaped me as a man. I, I can get along with bougie people. And I can get along with hood people. You know. My friend George, rest in peace. Before he was murdered, he always used to make fun of me. He used to say, Alan's like a bougie gangster. No, 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 no. He used to say, Alan's like a preppy gangster. And we used to, like, just clown on each other hard, you know, and... He used to just make fun of me all the time and, you know, I miss him every day. You know, there's there's things that happen in this life that you really don't know why. You know, I will say that your environment does matter. And that's one thing that I've learned. You know, sometimes I wonder if George would have been murdered if, if we didn't, he didn't live in Norwalk or we didn't grow up in Norwalk. You know, <clears throat> you know. I, I now get why a lot of people, once they make money, they move out the hood, you know, or move out of a bad area. Even a lot of rappers do it. Dr. Dre, <clears throat> they make it, make a few million, they're out. People that stay in the hood, you know, it's sad. There's a lot of jealousy. People don't want to see you doing good. Look at Nipsey Hussle. You know, he stayed in Crenshaw and, you know, ended up getting getting shot up. So, a lot of hate in this society, in this generation. Um, with me right now, you know, life could be better. I got... And endoscopy, I got a lot of procedures coming up because I'm I'm facing what I'm facing, but it's okay, man. All I need is one good friend, to be honest with you. You know, I don't I don't need much. You know. I don't need much. You know, right now it just sucks that you know, my work environment, there's so much bullying going on and I've been trying to create change, but nothing happens to these people. Anywhere else, I know there were people, some people would be terminated immediately. So it's not my opinion, it's a fact. I know it. You know, I work at a, a university where they don't tolerate stuff like what I see <laughs> where I work. You know, and 
it shouldn't be like that. And I'm a firm believer that you can't create change if you don't speak up. You know, so right now in my life, you know, I'm fighting a lot of battles at the same time where I should really be focusing on my health. So if you're in the same on the same boat, same position, I had a few of you DM me on Instagram. A lot of you actually saying that you also have toxic work environments and you also try to speak up and it's difficult. You know, follow your heart, you know, do what you think is right. You know, it's always a it's always the right time to do what's right. Martin Luther King Jr., you know, so I'm okay. It's always the right time to do what's right. So even though it's difficult, don't let anyone just try to normalize toxicity, gossiping, gaslighting, slandering, defamating other people's character. Don't let people normalize that. Don't let people normalize racial slurs, you know, anti-gay speech, sexual harassment, so many things that I've seen where I work. And these people are still there. It's crazy to me. But they're also there because their victims are afraid. They're afraid to speak up. So that's where it all starts. You know, no one can help you if you don't speak up. If you're someone that has experienced that, anything that I named, please listen to this. No one can help you if you don't speak up. Because if they don't know, then how can they help? They don't know. So the first step is always going to speak up. And I get it. Trust me. It's always devastating when you do speak up and you're ignored. Trust me, I get it. I feel like that now, actually, in a professional environment I'm in. But that doesn't mean you don't speak up. So that's all I want to say to you guys. I just got to the place I was driving to. Um, yeah, you know, just... Um, Keep your head up. You guys could always DM me on IG, Alan Q Chronicles. I'm going to do more episodes and get people on here. It's just I'm dealing with maybe seven different things in my life right now. Serious things also. You know, my professional uh, environment or my, my career professionally, my health, my mom. My relationships with my family, with my friends, romantically, uh, financially, a bunch of stuff that are not really, you know, going right. Things that are not going the best right now. But um, I'm a fighter, so we'll see. You know, we'll see if things can get better these next few weeks. But before I let you guys go, just want to let you know, um, I'm always here. I made this podcast for people that needed some mental health support and for people that just felt alone in their life 
and also for myself, you know, just to let you know who I am. And if it resonates with you, then great. If not, it wasn't meant for you. And there's no there's no no harm, no foul. And it is what it is. So I hope you guys have a blessed day. I'm going to let you go. And see you on the next one. All right. Peace.